Good morning, everybody. Hey, welcome to Tuesday. It is March 8th. I hope that your week is going well. Hey, we do have news on the Russian front. Uh, oil continues to climb. We'll talk about how that's going to affect the marketplace and your prices at the pump and more with Dave in just a moment. Before we do that, though, let's just remind ourselves that there's not a lot of things that we can really control. We can't control what happens in Russia. We can't ha- control what happens in Washington, D.C., And we sure as heck can't control what happens in the marketplace, but you can control how much risk you have in the market. That's why we developed the core retirement design to help you design the retirement you always dreamed of. Give us a call right now at 863-382-0037 and schedule your core retirement design visit. And with that, we've got Dave coming up right now. It'll be on for a couple, three more days, and then you'll need to find your woolen underwear in time for the weekend. Guess we're going to bond down to 45 degrees on Sunday morning. Date 39, 21 here before 9. Time to check in on your money and, well, give you the bad news from yesterday and tell you what's likely to go on today. Let's check in with Philip Statler from Statler Financial Services, who's on the phone this morning. Philip, how are you today? Hey, good morning, Dave. Uh, doing well today, but I can't say so much for the stock market yesterday. Oh, boy, was it poopy yesterday. Dow was down 797 points, a full 2.37%. S&P was down by 128. NASDAQ, just to stay ahead of the Dow in terms of how fast it can go down, down 482 points, 3.62% in one day. NASDAQ starts at 12,830 this morning, which is, I, 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 this sounds weird, but I can barely remember when I saw NASDAQ that low. Yeah, yeah, it's been a while. That's, uh, uh, we're, we're not still at a 52-week low yet. The 52-week low is $12,587. So uh, we are definitely getting close and could get there today. I was going to say, I was having trouble remembering a time when it was that low. I didn't realize we dipped down that low earlier in the year, as a matter of fact. Kind of interesting, my fear and greed index report is still showing us that moderate fear. It's not into panic yet, but when we start looking at oil going to the prices that it's looking at this morning, like uh, once again, we're looking at oil at the, geez, uh, almost $122 a barrel. Fear's got to come in there somewhere, doesn't it? Yeah, it does. You know, you, you have to, you know, at some point, people will capitulate that I can't handle this anymore. And and that's when the market will finally hit a bottom and, and head back up. And so the issue is, how long is that going to take? And how long are we going to be dealing with this whole Russia thing? And when will it end? Is it going to be like COVID? Will it be five weeks, six weeks, and then we'll bounce back up? Nobody knows the answer to that. And so uh, we just have to keep watching and uh and making the adjustments that need to be made. Now, all the handicappers basically are looking at the way those plucky Ukrainians are fighting their way through this thing. It's going to be an extended conflict, and that means we're going to be not on speaking terms with the Russians for quite some time. And gosh golly, that has the, that, that even has us starting to talk nice to the Iranians again, isn't it? Yeah, it might. Uh, you know, it's, uh, it's, a, it's, a, it's amazing to me when you have conflict around the world 
you know, who you end up being nice to. <laughs> yeah, I think the term is frenemy all of a sudden, aren't we? Uh, yeah, it sounds like it. Yeah, it does. Uh, there are some news items out there. Shell announced overnight that they were no longer going to purchase any more Russian oil, and that makes things a little bit tighter on the supply side and contributed to the increase in the price of oil worldwide. And the political pressure is building to make it a formal boycott of Russian oil. But, you know, you look at the percentage share of the market, how big that can be worldwide. Russia provides a total of about 11% of the global oil production and 17% of the world's production of natural gas. Uh, that's a big chunk of world supply to say we won't do business with. Well, it is, but I will say this. And, and, I, and I think that, the, you know, like you and I have said now for a while, the Fed should have been listening to us a, a year, two years ago, and maybe D.C. needs to be listening to us now. Canada says that they can replace every bit of the Russian crude oil. All we have to do is open up the Keystone Pipeline. Uh, yep, yeah, the oil sands reserve up in Canada and the Bakken Plateau in the uh, United States both have very rich reserves. And at some point in time, you and I were ranting about this yesterday. Yes, with all environmental concerns taken into account, uh, the uh, you know the administration could very well say, okay, look, we're going to back off on this, and you can count on us for at least the foreseeable future. Uh, that uh, go ahead, boys, drill, right? Well, that's right. This could be solved in a matter of, of a stroke of a pen, rescinding, uh, you know, the executive order stopping the Keystone Pipeline. Uh, it would be that simple to, to get it. I mean, it would take a little while to get it still up and running and, and moving all through it. But um, who knows how long this conflict is going to last. And then when's the next conflict come up that puts us in the same boat again? And, and this is kind of back to the same in the 70s, right, when we had the embargoes and, and that type of stuff. And we swore then we would not be uh, dependent upon other countries for our oil. And where are we at right now? And we have been talking about energy independence since God was a child. And I think uh, our, uh, our status as energy independent was about a two-year hiatus in there. Uh, about three years ago, and that was about the only time we've ever accomplished that. And it did come from some very energy-friendly policies coming out of the administration at the time. Uh, the Keystone Pipeline, well, yeah, it needs to be clarified. The Keystone Pipeline was never actually implemented, but we cut it off even before it had a drop of oil coming out of it. And what that ended up doing was sent a message to the world markets that our administration was going to be less energy-friendly. That combined with a bunch of lease cancellations, uh, the energy industry right now is kind of touchy about the notion of investing billions in exploration, not knowing for sure what we're likely to do on the federal front. So there's kind of, it's going to take a little bit of friendly language coming out of Washington, even if the uh, Keystone Pipeline were re-permitted today. Uh, the energy industry would still look at it askance with a few crossed eyes saying, okay, fine, do we want to invest any money in making this happen now? So right. You're, you're so right, Dave. That, that's true. You know, at what point uh, and uh, what's it going to take to get them to get that thing going again, if they even get permission to do that? Uh, the other thing is, I, I saw this little thing on mime on Facebook, you know, you see something every now and then that says, hey, $6 a gallon for gas, that'll make EVs look really good. Uh, selective vehicles. <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, suddenly that Nissan Leaf or that Toyota Prius start looking real inviting all of a sudden. That primarily, the uh, uptick in the price of oil and the uh, fact that qu- more nations are growing up here and saying we're not going to buy any more Russian oil, uh, contributed to the uh, rise in the price yesterday, and that pr- contributed to the tanking on our markets, and it looks like we're going not as badly in that direction, but still in a negative direction today. Uh, other things going on in the process as we uh, make our way through on the subject of Russia, Stolinashka vodka. It's a Russian vodka, right? No, it's made in uh, Lithuania. And as a matter of fact, the owner of the... Matter of fact, the owner of the stuff is not on good terms with Putin. He's become an expatriate. He doesn't even live in Russia or, for that matter, Lithuania. So Stoli is changing its name from Stolinashka, or however it's pronounced, to just Stoli. I wonder if that will repair a few of the bars dumping it out on the street out in front of their bars. I would hope so. Poor guy. You know, it's kind of like the whole Corona beer deal, right? Yeah, poor Corona got caught up in that whole, uh, you know, pandemic. But, uh, yeah, we do have other issues, though, Dave, Um, an issue that uh, who would have thought, right? Nickel. Who would have thought nickel would have made the news? Um, But in the last two days, we've seen nickel go up by 250%. Briefly, uh, this morning, it got above $100,000 a ton. Um, Yeah. Who would have thought? Start hoarding your nickels instead of pennies, people. It's becoming a precious commodity. This is a rare enough commodity in terms of active trading. You and I were noodling through. We couldn't even find a tip sheet that includes the futures prices on nickels as part of the regular mixture. No, I I couldn't at all. But here's what nickel's used for. It's used in the stainless steel, and it's used for the electric vehicle batteries. So it has a a pretty broad-based use. And so here's the deal. Uh, Some of the big players in China were shorting the nickel market. And uh, and so now there's actually a bank in China that couldn't make its margin call because it had shorted so much. It was so underwater. It didn't have the money to make the margin call. And there's some billionaire in China that uh, that is taking a real smacking right now because of the price of uh, of nickel because he was shorting it so bad. <laughs> Do you detect a little mischief out there somewhere? I'm you know, seeing. I'm, I'm thinking somebody's me- playing. Yeah, the meme stock phrase is coming through my uh, brain loud and clear all of a sudden. Something like Bunky Hunt trying to corner the silver market a few years ago. We're going to find somebody performing mischief in the nickel markets. Don't you agree? (laughs) Yeah, it's looking like it, I tell you. Somebody's going to make a killing. Oh, yeah. Other items that might affect money today, especially if you hold any Apple stock. Apple's got a big uh, product premiere at 1 o'clock our time. It's going to be the new iPhone SE, probably a couple of new iPads and a new Mac. If you're an Apple groupie, this will make a difference if you own Apple stock. Uh, well, it'll be interesting to watch the stock today, depending upon what they say. And uh, just as a sidebar, before we get to the end of earnings season, have you noticed your toilet paper rolls are getting smaller? You know, I I bought some the other day, but I didn't really pay attention. The the average toilet paper roll has 20 sheets less on it than it did before. It's downsizing in order to control prices in an inflationary economy. So it's hitting about as close to home as you can ever get. Inflation is now affecting your toilet paper. Well, you know, 
the pandemic, inflation, uh, you know, toilet paper is a, a hot commodity on different fronts uh, these days. <laughs> and I do want to mention this little tidbit, Dave. I, I just saw this. Yeah. You know, the National Federation of Independent Businesses, they, they have a small business index. And it, it did come out this morning about six o'clock. And uh, it went down a little bit. It had been running about 97 point one ninety seven point four it's down to ninety five point seven so you know it's not a big decline but it does indicate that businesses are a little concerned about what's happening in the economy understood I'd honestly expect it to be worse given the events of the last few weeks end of earnings season is upon us and we've got one report I know of and it's something that's uh, just about 80 miles north of us here how's Dick sporting goods doing Hey, so Dick Sporting Goods had a really good quarter. They beat on top and bottom uh, revenue and, and earnings. Um, and same store sales grew by 5.9%. Now, you, you know, here's the deal. That's better than the fourth quarter of 2019 before the pandemic. Ooh. So, yeah, so that's kind of really good news for, for Dick Sporting Goods. Uh, they are trading up this morning 3.3%. But I will say, Dave, yesterday they got smashed. They were down like 9.3% yesterday. I think everybody got smashed yesterday. It's hard to hold that against Dick, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, it, well, it definitely is, yeah. Understood. It was basically Armageddon yesterday on Wall Street, down 797 on the Dow, 482 on the NASDAQ, and 128 on the Standard & Poor's. Even if it's bad news this morning, Philip, and I'm seeing a little bit of green, which really surprises me, what are we doing 45 minutes before trading begins? Well, it is a tinge of green and a very slight tinge of green. Uh, we've got the S&P the S&P 500 is is up less than 0.05%, so not that much, $2.50. We got the Dow up a little less than a tenth of a percent, $28. The NASDAQ 100 is in the red right now, about two tenths of a percent. So, uh, so, so it's kind of a mixture. The Russell 2000 is actually up two tenths of a percent. So, so we got more green than red on on in more ways than one this morning, Dave. When we go to the commodity side front, we got silver. Man, it must be playing off a of nickel because it's up 3.7 percent this morning. Uh, that's almost a dollar an ounce to $26.68 an ounce. We've wow. Got, yeah, gold up 1.4 percent, well over 2000 $2,024 an ounce. Crude oil, well, it's the one we don't like to see in the green that is definitely in the green. It's up 4.6% today right now, and that's $124.09. Oops, it just went to $125, Dave. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm on a delayed quote, and it's showing less than that, which really scares me. $125 a barrel oil. Can you believe it? Uh, overseas, overseas markets were almost as unimpressed as we were yesterday. The Chinese mainland market... Got to have something to do with nickel. It was down by 5.39% yesterday. Hong Kong and Japan were off, but by nowhere near that much. Europe is halfway through their trading day. British markets are relatively flat. France is falling like a rock. It's down by more than 5%. Germany, believe it or not, they're up by about a half a percent halfway through their day. I don't think they know what to think of this either. Uh, trying to get things straight and figure out what's going on with your retirement is more than a hobby if you're getting close to it. It's darned important. That takes an expert pair of eyes. How do I find you to help me get it straightened out? Then, then give us a call at 863-382-0037. Schedule one of our core retirement designs. 
so that we can help you design the retirement you always dreamed of. It, it really does go through the risk analysis and making sure that, you know, the risk that you have, it lines up with your gut and, and so that you can handle the ups and downs that we've been seeing. And then join us this weekend for the Statler Financial Radio Show, 6 a.m. and noon on Saturday, 10 a.m. Sunday morning on Highlands News Talk, 730 and 95.3 FM. All righty, and back here again tomorrow, you and I are going to go looking for nickel futures, and I'll look for some toilet paper futures quotes for tomorrow. Fair enough? <laughs> Sounds good, man. Have a good Thank one. you. You too. It's 105.7 Light FM and Statler Financial Services, Philip Statler. Hey, folks, I want to thank you for joining us today. It is, uh, hey, it's, it's volatile times right now. It, it doesn't mean it's time to bail. But it means it's time to pay, pay more attention to what's happening and making sure that your portfolio is balanced out the way it should be in terms of the amount of risk that's there. Give us a call and let's walk through our uh, retirement, our, our core retirement design and, and help you make sure that the risk you have is the risk that you need. Again, give us a call, 863-382-0037. Hey, until tomorrow, have a great day. Bye now.